The following is a sermon from the Edgington Evangelical Presbyterian Church in Taylor Ridge, Illinois. And so we come now to a time of opening the scriptures together, and we come to Psalm 90, and we have already sung the paraphrase of Psalm 90. Uh, Isaac Watts is him, who God our help in ages past. That's a paraphrase of Psalm 90, and maybe you remember, maybe, maybe I have done this enough now that I've revealed to you that this is my intention uh, for, for as many years as I keep track of. I have preached Psalm 90 on the first Sunday of a new year every year. And uh, Lord willing, I, I believe it's my intention to continue to do that because, for very clear reasons I hope to you, Psalm 90 gives us the truth that we need to remember at the beginning of a new year. And there is a sense in which the truth that we find in Psalm 90 is a well of truth that we will not find the bottom of. And so we will continue to, to look to it. Uh, uh, maybe the Lord will direct our paths differently uh, in years ahead in His mercy. But for now, we come to Psalm 90. Now, another thing that is consistent in uh, my New Year's celebration, anyway, growing up, and uh, I believe I've shared this a time or two, my mother, uh, one of the jobs that she had uh, growing up is that she worked uh, in the police department, the local police department. She worked uh, in an administrative capacity there in the police department. And so uh, every New Year's Eve, uh, she would uh, haul us out to the Ellisville Police Department sobriety checkpoint <laughs> where, you know, her friends and coworkers were out making sure that people were having a safe New Year's Eve celebration. And she would haul us in and we would take them hot coffee and, and hot cocoa and all the rest. We would go to the sobriety checkpoint. Now, you know, when you're a child, you don't really know what a sobriety checkpoint is, but uh, I, I hope that the, the metaphor will carry over that Psalm 90 is my sobriety checkpoint for the new year. And I want it to be yours as well, consistently, as we consider the truth of God's Word in this new year. Psalm 90 is something of a sobriety checkpoint where we make sure that as we approach a new year, we have our priorities in order. We have essential truths sealed to our hearts and we're sure about them. As we stand at the beginning of this new year, we want to remember what is most essential for us and for our life as Christian believers because uh, as we'll make reference to, uh, we have been through quite a year and here we stand at the precipice of a new one. What do we need to know? We look to Psalm 90 for that, but first Let's pray and ask God's blessing upon His Word to us this morning. Let's pray. Oh Lord, and we praise You for Your manifold faithfulness and kindness and mercies that have brought us this far. Lord, we realize that if we are to continue, we must continue under the same banner of Your grace and kindness. And so, Lord, as we, Your people, look forward we pray that you, the God who exists outside of time, might carry us forward into this new year with confidence, with faith, and with peace. And so, Lord, bless your word to us. Illuminate our minds that we might not only read and hear, but also learn and understand. Lord, have your word be a seed of grace that is planted in us and bears good fruit to the glory of your name. And so now come and Bless your word to us, we pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Now let's look together to Psalm 90, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Psalm 90, from everlasting to everlasting. This is the Word of God. Lord, You have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever You had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, You are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in Your sight, are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Amen. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God abides forever. So may he write his truth upon our hearts today as we consider what Psalm 90 has to say to us here beginning of 2021 and uh, Psalm 90 like all psalms in scripture has a, a wonderful way of expressing realities about life that are true and that we can identify with that gives us vocabulary for expressing ourselves to give us uh, peace as we learn how to pray what to say to the Lord how to think about God and the psalms like all psalms, and this psalm in particular, have really profound effects on us. And I hope that you will see with me that Psalm 90 has a very profound effect on the way that we should approach life, the way we should think about our life in relationship to God's existence. I think that's just one of the most basic things in the world, to factor in the existence of God. And at the very beginning, let's just say that to be a Christian believer is to live with the reality that there is a God, that I am not Him, but that by learning of Him, my life is so deeply enriched, given meaning beyond just bare toil and strife. Which, by the way, 
I'll, I'll plug the fact that as we approach Ecclesiastes in the coming weeks, that's the big struggle of, of life in this world under the sun. Does it have meaning? Where is its meaning found? And Psalm 90, just like the book of Ecclesiastes, tells us that if you don't find meaning in your Maker, then you won't find ultimate meaning. Well, again, as we sung together, Our God, Our Help in Ages Past, which is a paraphrase of this particular hymn, uh, we sing that our God is our shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home. It recognizes and admits and simply acknowledges the passing of time, the passing of the generations, the passing of ages, which is an inevitable reality of your life and mine. You're older. Things are changing. Times change. Seasons change. Years pass. Life blossoms and fades. And many people face that reality and then try to deny it. They want everything to stop or they want time to regress or they want to uh, uh, retroact their aging and become younger. Looking at the reality of the passing of time, they rage against it, but Moses doesn't. Moses doesn't rage against the passing of time. He doesn't see the passing of time as an evil thing to be stopped. Rather, he sees the passing of time and the growing of ages and the changing of seasons to be something that causes him to look this reality square in the face and not rage against it, but embrace it. And it's this, that over against the frailty of our lives and the passing of time and the temporal nature of our lives stands this immovable rock of the eternality of the living Almighty triune God. Again, Moses factors God's existence into the understanding of life, and you and I need to do that as well. Over against the frailty of our human existence is the eternality of God. And in fact, you may be interested to know that the, the hymn, O God, Our Help in Ages Past, that wasn't Isaac Watts's first title. The first original title that he gave it was Man Frail, God Eternal. But that doesn't ring as well off of the lips, off of the tongue. And so he titled it, O God, Our Help in Ages Past. But that's really the summary of what the psalm is about. Man frail, God eternal. Which is why it's the, I think, one of the finest psalms for a new year. The sobriety checkpoint for the Christian believer to recognize the frailty of our lives and honor the eternality of the living God. And to do that, in order to get that right, we need to understand something about God. We need to understand a truth about God. And it is this. It's what Moses is exalting in in verses 1 and 2. That God is eternal. That God is eternal. Eternal. Look again at verses 1 and 2. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, wherever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Which is a massive statement of truth, a statement of faith, a statement of reality. When Moses says that God is our dwelling place, It's the Hebrew word for habitation or refuge, that God is our home. It's a place of safety and security and comfort, a place where we can go and feel welcomed, to feel at peace 
and at rest. Knowing God and knowing God's eternality gives us that sense of peace and comfort because just like your parents will always be your parents and your childhood home will always be your childhood home, even if perhaps your parents might leave it, home is always home. And Moses is saying God is the home of His people. He never changes In all generations, every single generation, the Lord is our dwelling place. He never changes. He has always existed. And that gets to the heart of a question that uh, children love to ask. In fact, uh, I missed it this past year. Well, usually when we do a junior high uh, VBS, we love to have a time of just question and answers. Let, Let junior high kids ask anything they want about God, about Christianity, about living the faith. And, uh, Usually year by year, some of the same questions are asked. And they're questions that are wonderful because they're usually questions that adults wonder about as well, but they're too conscientious to ask. Inevitably, the question is asked, if God made everything, who made God? Where does God come from? What happened before God made everything? What's the answer to the question? What does Psalm 90 say? And you might think that this is a simple answer, but it is astonishing what Moses is saying about the truth of who God is. Who made God? What's the answer? Nobody. Nobody made God. God is uncreated. Everything else in the whole world, the whole universe, is created. It's a thing that has proceeded from God, but God proceeds from nothing. He simply is the uncreated one, eternally existent within himself, uncreated, eternal being. We are dependent upon Him for our existence. God depends upon nothing for His existence. We use this terminology in theological circles that He has aseity. He has existence within Himself. He depends upon nothing external for existence. There is not a moment in time in which God has not existed exactly as He is in perfect unity and holiness. Or as Moses says, before the mountains or the earth was formed. Verse 2, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. It's this glorious truth of God's self-existence, His eternality, that He exists outside of time, that when we read in the opening pages of the Bible, if you're a person that has committed to read the Bible in 2021, maybe you read the first chapter of Genesis that begins, in the beginning, God, because God was there before there was a beginning, before there was anything that existed, God exists because He is eternal. Why does that matter? Why does that matter for you? Why does that matter for us? As we enter 2021, as we put what will be on record for us the craziest year probably of our lives in many ways. We'll surely go down in history. We remember 1918, we'll remember 2020. History will remember it. 
we want so quickly perhaps to put it behind us, and yet it helps us to remember that we live in this rapidly changing world with all of its circumstances and events and happenings, morality changes, identity changes, people's concept of truth changes, everything seems to be in flux, everything always seems to be changing, things oftentimes seem in chaos, world leaders won't communicate with each other, we don't know where we're going, we don't know how to go about it, but here's the point that Psalm 90 is saying, over against all that exists in human frailty and confusion, is this, again, immovable rock of God's eternality, the God who never changes. And what that means for us then is that you and I, as Christian believers, who put our hope in this God, means that you can be absolutely sure about Him. And didn't we experience this past year the uncertainty of, of not being sure about things? It's a, it's a frustrating way to go about life, isn't it? Uncertainty. Is this right? Is this safe? We don't know. And it's exhausting, right? And Psalm 90 is saying, you can be sure about God. You can be sure about Him. You can be absolutely sure about His Word. You can absolutely be sure about His promises, about His grace, His love towards you in Jesus Christ through the gospel that you have believed because He is our refuge, the constant and sure eternal dwelling place for the people of God from everlasting to everlasting. And you need to be built up in your confidence of that reality of who your God is in His infinite eternality and be sure of it. So that you can understand your life. And that's what Psalm 90 does. It sets against the backdrop of the infinite eternality of the unchanging triune God, the finite frailty and constantly changing nature of your life and mine. From verses 3 through 17 is a reflection on human life after considering the great reality about God. And just like the hymn, it's saying to us, time like an ever-rolling stream bears all of its sons away. There's a repeated phrase in the rest of the psalm referencing our days and our years, which is a helpful way to designate the fact that our life is measured by days and years. And again, it's, it's holding up this contrast that you, you, you don't constrain God to days and years. But your life is. In verse 12, it speaks of teach us to number our days. Back in verse 10, however long those days are, we're not sure. Perhaps 70. Perhaps by reason of strength, 80. Or longer, perhaps. But they're measured. That's the point. Teach us to number our days that we might be wise, however long they are. What we want is, verse 17, your favor upon our years, however many years it is. But we know, we know it's limited. We know it's finite. We know that we are not God. And Psalm 90 is doing what so often people are unwilling to do. Simply acknowledge in humility, again, that there is a God and we are not Him. And what that is intended to do is not intended to crush you with discouragement, but actually quite the opposite. When you hold up the eternality of the living God over against the 
temporal frailty of our changing existence, you've got a stark contrast, right? You couldn't have a more stark contrast, a contrast between the brevity of our life and the eternality of God. But here's the point. The contrast is the comfort. The contrast is the comfort. It's not there to discourage us. It's there to do the opposite. It's there to encourage us because here's the idea. If your hope, if your hope is in something that dies with you, then you don't have a living hope. But the good news is we have hope in a God who outlives us. And that means that you, Christian believer, your hope will not only outlive you, but carry you on into that eternal life. We are short. He is long. He is eternal. We are temporal. But because our hopes are set upon His eternal existence, that means our hopes will last and carry us through. You know, oftentimes people do years in review, right? I don't know if you pay any attention to this. People do, you know, years in review of you know, the best photographs of the year and the best books of the year and et cetera and how many books I read and my favorite books and all the rest. I, I do something of that as I look back on the previous year of ministry and the previous preaching, sermons, teachings and all the rest. Well, just out of curiosity, I went back. I went back to, again, the first Sunday of the year, 2020. 363 days ago, I'm going to do something I don't think I've ever done. I'm going to quote myself. Can you even quote yourself? I don't know. Here's what I said 363 days ago about what this is teaching us. Quote, I don't know if you can do that. There is no promise to you that 2020 is going to be a pain and sorrow-free year. I think I was right. But there is every promise to you in Jesus Christ that whatever you go through, He is with you, working out a good purpose for whatever you face as He invites you in that to trust Him. Who knew in January what we were going to be up against? And yet, isn't it just the point? whatever it was going to be. It doesn't matter. The trial may come. The frowning providence may take upon a different form. Beyond just the general experiences of a global pandemic, maybe your family has experienced real loss and trial and hardship. Maybe the sorrow that, that you have faced has been different hardships in your relationships, hardships in your family and different things at work, whatever the case might be. And, and that's just the point of what Psalm 90 is saying. In this ever-changing world, even our trials change. They take on different forms. But in every trial, God remains the same as an abiding hope to comfort you in whatever you face, pledging not that you will experience no trial but that in whatever trial you face, He will be with you. I'm going to double down on that again. 
Because I think Moses was doubling down on it thousands of years ago. Which is just this very point of what needs to be on our minds, that God is eternal, He is our eternal dwelling place, and in this brief lives, we want to see our lives existing under that glorious reality. And so people of God, enter 2021 with full eyes set upon your eternal God and your heart filled with love for Him and trust and hope and peace, knowing that whatever we face, He is with us strengthen to guide that we might make much of his name and glorify him in his grace toward us so people of god be at peace our god is eternal let's pray oh lord how we thank you and give you praise we praise you that you provide your peace to us in this new year peace that we so desperately long for and so lord provide it to us in full measure that we might have the strongest of testimony that for all the days of trial you have endured with us that you have grown us our faith has increased and Lord your mercies to us have indeed been new every morning and so as they are new this morning and new this year we give you our praise in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If you would like more information about our church or its ministries, please visit edgingtonepc.org. May God bless and keep you.